Today we we are um, going to drill down on the things we learned over the weekend, as we did last week, you know, and um, we are trusting God that He will breathe upon us in the mighty name. Of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so um, better together, and we are in part two, and we looked at the common wealth, the common wealth. Um, the previous weekend, we looked at the common ground. And this past weekend, we looked at the common wealth. And our text was Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. Ephesians 2.12 says that at that time, you, ye were without Christ, being aliens from the common wealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenant of covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world, in this world. So, you know, even though that was not where we, we pitched our tent last week, it, but I just need to say this: without God in this world is a hopeless situation. Everyone that is in this world that is without God is hopeless. When we were without Christ, we were hopeless also. And in Christ, God is saying that we are now a part of the common wealth of Israel. That's big. Not, we are not just a part of the commonwealth of Nigeria by birth. For those of us that are Nigerians, that is. We, the, the, the word of God is saying that we have become a part of the commonwealth of Israel. And um, the NLT translation explains, replaces commonwealth with the word Citizenship. It says, in those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. So, we were excluded from citizenship when we were without Christ. Now, in Christ Jesus, we are being included in the citizenship of the nation of Israel. So, that, that's what... It means from a spiritual dimension that is. So everything God has for the nation of Israel and the people belongs to you and I. And we explained on S- Sunday, yeah, that by using the word wealth, we are referring to well-being. 
the word wealth is, is the well-being. So we are looking at spiritual well-being when we talk about being a part of the commonwealth. That is, we have a common well-being spiritually. Part of the emotional well-being, the physical well-being, the financial well-being. Not just financial, but spiritual and in all ramifications. So, commonwealth we defined as what is shared and beneficial for all members of a community and is attained by citizenship. So, commonwealth is what is shared and beneficial for all members of a community and is attained by citizenship or membership. So, the commonwealth is the totality of the resources, both spiritual, physical, material, that is available for the common good of a group of people. So, Growing up, we were, um, we are six children, my mom, then we had some cousins stay with us. So we easily become 10 <laughs> children. <laughs> and if it's holiday time, maybe more cousins will come. You know, we're in the double digits basically sometimes. Then it's, you've gone out to play, you've done all the play, then you come back home, and it's lunchtime, everybody's hungry. Then they serve us a bowl of eba. Then a bowl of soup. And that soup has all the pieces of meat counted. So the bowl of eba, bowl of soup, became our common world. So everybody sits round it. And we begin to, nobody actually measures the size of your muscle of a bar. You know, some people take, you know, they are, they are cute. They take, you know, we don't, we don't use fucking knife. We use fucking knife. It won't work. But before you do like this, somebody has gone three, three trips. You know, so you, you, you um, everybody digs into the commonwealth. Of Eba. And that's how it is for us. God has put the national cake not for a few greedy politicians, but like the word says, a national cake. It's, a, it's our common wealth. So we all are to sit at that table and dig in. And you have to begin to see yourself differently. You have to begin to see yourself as a child of God that is entitled by the blood of Jesus to have access to all the resources, creativity, wealth that a Jew has access to. You have to see yourself differently. That's where it starts from. Says, oh, but pastor, you know, I think I, I need my account to change tomorrow. You don't understand what we are. Well, what we are going through is an infrastructure overhaul. You know, some of us we are too quick to want to see results, but God is saying, "I am doing a lasting work 
Just stay with me. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm, I'm relaying foundations of faulty thinking. I'm relaying foundations. And when you get the foundations right, you put the cornerstones, you lay it properly, it's well set, and things begin to come on it and come on it and come on it and come on it and come on it. Then people see you and they say, oh, she's an overnight success. Oh, he's an overnight success. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The problem with us is this. Many people. God begins a work. He's saying, this is where I want to take you. And many times we overestimate what we can achieve in a short time. We grossly over, overestimate what we can achieve in a short time. So, because God has said, this is what I will do with you, we overestimate what we, we can achieve in a short time. We print invitation cards to a party that we've not even funded. But we also grossly underestimate what God can achieve with us on the long term. We grossly underestimate it. So, because of, of, obviously God is not in a hurry many times. He has a plan and that plan will come to pass. Praise the name of the Lord. And he's working it. So, so we, we say, oh, but how come my skyscraper has not um, gone up yet? And God is saying, I am doing a foundational work. Sometimes you just need to be patient. And many times we take it out of God's hands. We take it out of God's hands. The story of a, a young girl that had a doll. And the doll was, was broken in pieces. And it took, she took it to her, her dad to repair it. And the dad wanted to repair the door, but the dad started to fix the door. And, and the young girl was too impatient. I said, Dad, give me back my door. And she took the door and, and went away. But obviously, the door was pretty useless to her. And she, then she kept crying. And, and, and Dad said, why are you crying? She says, oh, my door. And Dad says, but I wanted to fix it for you. And the guy says, okay, take the door and fix it. And she waited one minute, two minutes. You're taking too long. Give me back my door. And she takes the door back again. <laughs> and she goes away, you know. And the dad waits patiently. And she obviously comes back again. And says, this door is not playing like it used to play. And the dad says, exactly. I want to fix the door for you. Will you sit down? Many times we take our lives back. But unfortunately, because the, the times we've taken it back... We, we make a mess of it, so we have to start again. But God is the ancient of days. He doesn't grow old. Praise the name of the Lord. He's going to wait. We are the ones that have issues with time. <laughs> when you are 150 years old, he's still the ancient of days. Doesn't grow old. So the girl finally gives the dad the doll. 
waited patiently, and the dad said, when he, had, when he was done with the doll, take the doll. And obviously she was excited and all that. But the lesson for, for us is, is straightforward. When it's in God's hands, leave it in God's hands. When you give something to God, leave it for God. You can go and play, but make sure it's there, it's, it's in God's hands. By the time he gives you back, the doll will be working well. Praise the name of the Lord. The door will be working well. So just leave it for God. Leave it for God. We put it there, then we get up, we get upset. God is just laughing. I mean, those of us that are parents, we know we know this drill. We don't be a doll, you know, but you but have experienced something like that. Maybe something else. You know, the impatience of of a child. So, we explained that in Christ, we have been connected to the covenants, plural, that God gave Abraham. So, again, I want to encourage you, go and study about Abraham. Go and read about Abraham. I mean, if, if somebody is connected to your destiny this strongly, you know, in God, then you should want to know stuff about him and the things God said about him. Because all the blessings that God gave to him has become yours in Christ Jesus. So we explained in Deuteronomy 4, um, 5, 14, 5, 4. 15.4. Deuteronomy 15.4. That God, this is God's heart. There should be no poor among you. For the Lord your God will greatly bless you. In the land is giving you as a special possession. This is purely based on his covenant with Abraham. Not the behavior of the Jews. Purely based on the covenant with Abraham. There should be no poor. The voice translation um, says this. However, ideally, there shouldn't be any poor people among you. So, God is saying, ideally, there shouldn't be any poor people among you. That is my covenant Of well-being. That's my covenant of well-being for you. That's my covenant of wealth for you. Everyone say, ideally. But, again, we saw verse 11. Same Deuteronomy 15. Even though ideally there shouldn't be, God is saying there will always be. Some in the land who are poor. And this well-being, you can, you can, it can be marital well-being. It can be financial well-being. It can be emotional well-being. Again, we said wealth is what? Well-being. All-encompassing. 
That is why I am commanding you to share freely. But like we said on Sunday, we are zooming, zeroing in on, on the financial. Because, I mean, that is tangible and can apply the results across board. Share freely with the poor and with others, other Israelites in the land. The voice translation says, after it has said, however, ideally, there shouldn't be any poor. It says, but unfortunately, there will always be poor people. Ideally, there shouldn't be any poor, but unfortunately, there will always be poor people. Again, I know we've, we've talked about this before, but we need to reiterate it over and over again. Why did God say in verse 4, ideally there shouldn't be any poor. And in verse 11, unfortunately there will always be poor. What happened? Why did he say that? Who wants to help us? Why did he say that? Yes. Man. If, if you're putting up your hand, put up your hand well. Is there another hand here? Is there another hand here? Yes. Tell us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because he knew there will be some people who will not want to keep to God's own commandments. Okay. Like for instance, tithes. Some people will say, ah, how can I be given such an amount <laughs> as tithe? And some will say, ah, this tithe that I'm giving is the pastors that will be spending it. And they never knew the pastor himself and other pastors. They are giving their tithes. And they are benefiting from it. So that is why he knew that there will be some stubborn people amongst us who will say, no, I won't do that. Like, for instance, um, <laughs> my husband. <laughs> yes, I always pity him. He may be watching over the internet. He might. I'm less concerned about that. <laughs> no problem. He knew because I keep on telling him. He works. This man can walk. I tell you, I always pity him. Right. He works a lot, but yet, nothing to show up of. Nothing. Right. You know, he'll be telling you, ah, ah, baby, today, I don't have. I don't have. I said that ah, you don't have. Okay, pay your tithes. Hey? In my organization, we don't pay tithe or tithe care. How will I pay tithe? Who am I giving the tithe to? You know? God says, give this. Absolutely. So that there will be food in my house. Absolutely. This food in my house. God is not coming to take out of it. We are the people that is still spending this money. Absolutely. Like for instance, here we are now in this church. Yeah. We are enjoying all these benefits. Exactly. We are here now during um, dry season. You know, the AC, it's the blowing. air condition will be blowing. <laughs> you will not feel heat. Yes. Those are parts of what <laughs> we do with exactly. the tithes that we are collecting. And you are benefiting from it, but you are uh, refusing to contribute. Uh -huh, to you can imagine. God will forgive you. <laughs> you know, I'm, it's, it's interesting because 
as he was speaking, we take those uh, other ones. I remember a man that came to the office to see me years ago and said to me that um, he first, I didn't even know he was bragging actually, but in retrospect, I, I mean, it occurred to me that this guy was actually bragging. You know, he told me how he has a couple of wristwatches. I can't remember how many. I mean, quite a number. And, and the list of them is $200,000. How he has a warehouse that has goods of $2 billion. How, you know, when he was telling me, I was like, ah, praise God. You know, that was all I was saying. You know? And then, then, then he said at the end that he wants to let me know something. I said, what? He says, it does not tight. I said, ah, I said, okay. I said, no problem. I said, he says, that's all I'm going to say. I said, yeah. I said, no problem. Because God taught me how to tight. He will teach you how to tight. <laughs> and, you know, on his way out, he was like, ah. He was ready for, for an argument. Since he had his facts and figures and, you know, that you are the first pastor I will tell all this. I will not even argue with me. That we always floor them, you know, when he argues. But you, you refuse to engage me. I said to him that <laughs> this type thing, I used to be like you. God taught me, and he will teach you. Fast forward how many years from now? The same guy. Let's just say God is teaching him. You have to be careful. Wealth as a as a as a deceptive way. Of, of a deceptive security. It gives you a deceptive sense that you are in control. But listen, there's one that sits in the heavens and determines what happens on earth. Is the one that is in control, actually. So what the Titan does is that you are saying, Oga, I acknowledge. That's all. That's all it means. <laughs> okay. Who else? Um, yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Okay, hallelujah. Um, I think what I wanted to say, she has said part of it. Um, the Bible says that God sees the ends of a thing from the beginning thereof. So God, God, knew, God what? Sees the, end, the ends of a thing from okay. the beginning thereof. So God knew that some people would not follow. Just as we did during the um, silver and gold, there are principles that are laid down. Whoever that follows those principles that will be blessed. I mean, the Bible says that I will bless the work of your hands. So if you don't work, you're not going to get. So Absolutely. If you don't work, if you don't get, other people have to feed you. So that is why some will never get. Thank you, sir. Even though that mic is particularly low, I don't know. Um, yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. I, I think there are so many reasons you know, why um, there will always be the point in land, but I just want to focus on what we picture, you know. A lot of people cannot just picture themselves out of situations that they are in. They have so reduced God to their problem, mm. to, their, to, to their pockets. Mm. They cannot see themselves. Even when God is bringing, you know, an open door, trying to make a way, they can't just see themselves mm. coming out of it. So I think, you know, the mindset has to change. Absolutely. You know, even 
if you are given maybe um, 50 naira now as your offering, begin to see yourself giving 100 naira. And begin to push yourself. Begin to even see that 100 naira, be calling it 1,000 naira. You know, that kind of, you know, Absolutely. just push yourself. And God is watching. Amen. You know, yeah. He is. I mean, I mean, and that is so powerful. Because sometimes also, is, is, the, is the mind. Is the mind. God says, there will be no poor in the land. There are some people that we challenge and say, I can. You know, I can. Can there even ever be a, a social organization where there will not be a poor person? Do you understand? It, it, it becomes a problem. God says, you will lend to nations. They're like, oh God, let me pay my rent first. Leave that rent into nations. We don't see it. We don't embrace what God is saying. I, I mean, it, it, there's a story. Is, is there any other hand up? Okay. There's a story in, um, in the book of Kings, in the Bible, when um, the prophets said, by this time tomorrow, a shekel of wheat will cost this much. That is, these prices will crash. And this oil is going to cost this much. This, there was civil scarcity. There was, there was none. So, it was priceless. And an officer, the Bible says, on, on one's hand, King Lind, you know, one of the trusted advisors of the king said, even if God. You know, when people begin to say things like that, be afraid for them. When they begin to say, even God himself cannot. You know, you know the Titan, you know, is it Titanic? You, you know the guy that, one of, is it one of the guys that designed it or something? You know? You know, he said that even God himself cannot sink this ship. You know what sunk Titanic? God is like, you see, small achievement, arrogance, arrogance. Can you even compare that Titanic to the warships that have been built today? It pales in significance. In fact, it's like a toy compared to the ships that have been built today. So the, the king says, oh, even if God were to open the windows of heaven upon, how can, can this, is, that is impossible. You know? And the man of God said, okay, because you have said it's impossible, you will see it. Because if you die without seeing it, you will die, go to wherever you are going, thinking God is a liar. But you will see it. So that you know it has come to pass, but your mouth will not taste it. That's, that's a horrible, horrible pronouncement. Horrible pronouncement. But, you see, whether the prophetic pronounces that or not, that's the position people put themselves when God says this is what will be, and in your mind you reject it, you say it cannot be. When God says this is what it will be, and you say, mm, how can it be? That's why when God... I mean, <laughs> took Ezekiel to the valley of dry bones and he saw that the bones were very dry and, and God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? Don't know. <laughs> Ezekiel is a smart prophet. He, he, he knows that 
it can't, it, it looks impossible. It can't, how can you say the bones, they were dead, they were buried, they were being consumed, they are dry, they were not just dry, they were very dry, they were not just very dry, they were scattered. And God says, can they live? And Ezekiel says, thou knowest, Lord. And God said, you see, God can work with people that we allow God to be God. You know, when you want to play man and you want to play God at the same time, God doesn't have space for that. Be man and know that you are not God and allow God to be God. God says, okay, you t- I know, says, you know, says, so yeah, get up. Prophesy to the winds, speak to the bones, let them come together. Then the end result, Ezekiel felt elated. And God says, this is what will happen to the nation of Israel. They said our bones are dry. And on and on and on. So regardless of how this, your situation is, when God's word comes, like it has been coming to us, see yourself in it. See yourself prospering. See, it is you. It is you that will lend to nations. Who else? Who else? It's only family money that will lend to nations. Put your name there. See yourself there. And that's what this whole thing is about. An infrastructural overhaul. How do we see ourselves? So, from these two passages of scripture, we see clearly that God is a God that operates in a kingdom and cares for his people. So, we explained that in the kingdom, the well-being of the citizens of the kingdom is the responsibility of the king. Yes, you have a duty, but at the end of the day, how you fare as a, as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven is a reflection on your king. So, God said to the Jews, I have a commonwealth for you. There is commonwealth for you. This is your bowl of eba and stew with meat, you know. That's available. It is for everybody. Nobody should lack. But because God is not divorced from his principles. The fact that he says that it is for everybody, nobody should lack. He, he, and he didn't say principles at this passage of scripture. Obviously, it means that if you align with me. So, the first access to the commonwealth, the first avenue to the commonwealth that is available for every spiritual Jew, and obviously physical Jew, is commonwealth by covenant. It's commonwealth by covenant. You have a covenant with God, 
So you enter into the commonwealth of Israel. Period. I have a covenant with Jehovah. So I have entered into the commonwealth of Israel. And a covenant means that I have my responsibilities to align. So that's the first avenue we learned. The second avenue is commonwealth by community, which we see in verse 11 of Deuteronomy 15. Verse 11 says, there will be some in the land that will be poor. Either they don't have cut division. They didn't embrace the word of God. Or they, they are disobedient. Or they are headstrong. There will be some that will be poor. But God is saying, because I am a responsible king, you that have accessed the commonwealth by covenant, these people have refused to step up their game and operate by covenant. You that you have accessed the common word by covenant, guess what? You are responsible for them. Take care of them. So they too can be a part of the commonwealth. Even though they are not accessing it directly, they are accessing it from the community. So does anybody have any questions on, on that? Commonwealth by covenant, commonwealth by community. Any questions? While you are thinking of your questions, the, I asked a general question on, on Sunday, and that question is, which do you want? Which do you want? How many people say, I want commonwealth by community? Put up your hand. How many people say, I want commonwealth by covenant? Put up your hand. Good. And so shall it be. Those whose hands are not up. I don't know what they want. I hope God knows. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so choose one. We, and we, all, we all chose commonwealth by covenant. And we said... We should think of commonwealth by community as a safety net. Which is what, really what it is. We should see it as a safety net and not as a supply source. We should see commonwealth by community as a safety net. Not as a supply source. As a safety net of sometimes things happen. But not as a supply source. We see it as a privilege and not as a right. We see it as a privilege and not as a right. When the enemy wants to keep people in poverty, it gives them an entitlement mentality. Again, I will say that again. I think people want this AC on. People are freezing in this place. <laughs> uh, is it possible? You know, 
I don't know, guys. <clears throat> Let's encourage people, okay? Or regulate it or something. I don't know. Am I speaking for... Is, it, is that true? Okay. <laughs> because I'm seeing how people are hugging their body. I'm like... <laughs> okay. <clears throat> what was I saying? Yeah. When the enemy wants to play the trick of poverty on people... It gives them an entitlement mindset. They feel entitled to things. They are like, don't they know they should take care of us? How can they just be enjoying life alone? We too, we are here. Oh. Poverty spirit. You need to disavow yourself from it. One of the things that paradigms that really helped me years ago. Femi, nobody owes you anything. You need to tell yourself that. Nobody owes you. So, Anything anybody does for you becomes a huge privilege. A huge privilege. You know, someone gave me a thousand naira, you know, and I was, I was very grateful and I prayed for the person. And, and the person's like, Pastor, it's just a thousand naira. I'm like, but I, you don't hold me. You don't hold me. You gave me. So, I'm grateful. Some people, you give them a thousand, I say, it's only the one thousand. It's only one thousand you can bring to a man of God. <laughs> you mean, you mean, that is how you appreciate the anointing? <laughs> with, with, with only one thousand. It's not funny because that's, that's how people live their lives. You know, people live their lives like that. There's some people, a lady in this church wanted to get married to someone that was not from this church, and, and they went to see their pastor. Um, um, they went to see the pastor, and he counseled them, and <laughs> at the end of the counseling, I think the pastor called her and, and, and abused her that did she not get his account number? She said, yeah, she got it, but she didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> and the man is like, ah, you know, they didn't teach you well in that your church. You know, you come to see a man of God. You have to. I'm like, so I said, so, so what did you say? She said, she said sorry, sir. I said, did you send it? She said, ah, lie, lie, she didn't send it. I said, correct. <laughs> because it's, it's, we are turning this thing upside down. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and in your life, I know you have parents, I know you have siblings. I know maybe some of us, our parents are well-to-do. 
They don't owe you anything. They don't. They've, they've done, they've tried for you. You may have siblings that are well to do. They don't owe you anything. Everybody say after me. Nobody, Nobody. owes me anything. Everybody say after me. My help is from above, not from abroad. Not from abroad. Some, I mean, I've met some very bitter folks that are, oh, my, my brother is in, uh, in America. He's been here. If you see the pictures, he's sending. He can't even help somebody. He can, and I'm like, he can't even help somebody. So, you're, you are looking up to man. That's a cursed place to be. Jeremiah 17. It says, cursed is the man that puts his trust. In fact, can you let me find that scripture and put it up on the screen? I think it's 17, 5 or 15 or something. I can't remember. It's a wrong place to be. Wrong place to be. Wrong place to be. Never, ever, 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 ever. Look to any man as your source. Never. God will use men. Let him use men. Let God decide what to use. And when he uses them, be grateful. But never, ever, ever. Is that very hard to find? Just pull it up and Google it. I can even Google it myself. <sighs> Jeremiah 17.5. Oh, finally. <clears throat> says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusted in man and make it flesh is arm and whose heart departed from the Lord. For he shall be, I mean, it's the first place to be, like a, the heat in the desert and shall not see when good cometh. But shall inhabit, inhabit the patch places in the wilderness in a salt land not inhabited. But blessed is the man that trusted in the Lord. Whose hope is where? The Lord is. For it shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out our roots by the rivers, river and shall not see when heat cometh. But a leaf shall be, a, shall be great, shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. So, what's really the problem with looking onto man's hand for your supply? It's simple. The Bible says, such a person will not see when good cometh. You know why? 
Because promotion does not come from the east, from, from the west, from, from the south. It comes from the Lord. Good comes only from where? No man can receive a thing except it is given to him from above. No man. So, good comes from the Lord. If good is coming from here, and you are looking here, but that's why the Bible says, we not see good where it comes, because good is good keeps coming from there. You know? There's someone that said, God told him that he should that how many eyes does he have? He said he has two eyes. He says, God told him that he should use one to look up and use one to look down. We yeah, everybody try it now. Okay, let me ask you first. How many eyes do you have? Okay, use one to look up and use one to look down. Try it hard, hard. <laughs> and he said, God said to him, every time you are looking unto men, never claim you are looking unto me. Because anytime your eyes are looking down, don't claim it is looking up. It is not. It is not. <sighs> Praise the Lord. So do we want to ask questions on that? Because <laughs> there's a lot. It's a lot. Commonwealth by community, commonwealth by covenant. Religious people think that God operates emotionally. Religious people, they think God operates emotionally. In fact, that's, that's the bane of religiosity. They think God operates emotionally. So they try emotional antics on God. <laughs> and they will discover that it doesn't work. Kingdom people know that God operates by principles, not emotionally. Some people even try to do emotional blackmail to God. You say, you know, I'm the most faithful person in the ushering department. If you don't do this, I won't come. I won't come. <laughs> you know, without me, that department will not work. Better scratch my back and let me scratch your back. <laughs> and they try not to come and they discover that ushering is even getting stronger <laughs> because God is God by himself <laughs> by himself by himself it's self-existent it doesn't need anything or anyone yet we need him and yet we say to him, you need me. And he says, no, I don't. Hallelujah. <sighs> Questions or comments? If we delve into the next ones, it's a lot. Okay, so <clears throat> we saw that commonwealth must be holistic when it comes to by community. 
that is. Commonwealth by community. We, we, we dealt a lot with Commonwealth by covenant in the silver and gold series. So Commonwealth by community must be holistic. Otherwise, it, it won't be scriptural. And we saw in Acts 2.42 that all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. So they devoted themselves. They had common ground and they were sold out to it. And we said there must be common ground before there can be common wealth. There must be common ground before there can be common wealth. And we shared that spiritual commonwealth, shared well-being, they devoted themselves to apostles' teaching and prayer. They had a, a, a common spiritual heritage. The teaching they are hearing and the prayer of connection together. They had emotional and relational commonwealth. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They did life together. They hung out together. And they had physical and financial commonwealth. They devoted themselves to sharing everything, including food and finances. Amazing church. And we saw from, from the early church that to have a spiritual shared well-being, spiritual commonwealth, without a physical one is unscriptural. For us to be praying together, hearing the word together, fellowshipping together, we do videos together, we do praise and worship together, yet your brother has not eaten. He's on zero, zero, half. Meanwhile, your dog is rejecting bone. The one that's not succulent, the, the dog will just push it away. He eats a particular kind of chicken. Does he eat local chicken? If you give the dog local chicken, it won't eat it. You have to give it, you know. Meanwhile, your brother that you are praying together, you are fasting together, has not even had breakfast. God says something is wrong with that. First John 3.17, we read that anyone that has material possessions and sees his brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? The voice translation says, if a person owns the kind of things we need to make it, everybody say make it, it's in the Bible. Finally, I found where it was. <laughs> I just I want to make it. I want to make. It. I used to say, "What is this? Make it?" Until I read in the Bible, okay, it's even scriptural. <laughs> it's scriptural to make it. <laughs> if if anyone, if anyone owns the kind of things we need to make it in the world, but refuses to share with those in need, is it even possible that God's love lives in him? So God is saying to have spiritual common ground and not have a physical common ground, something is wrong with it. And the converse is also true. To expect a physical shared well-being, 
physical commonwealth, without a spiritual commonwealth, is unscriptural. It's unscriptural. Because they were united in heart and mind first. They had a shared spiritual commonwealth before they even began to share anything physical. So to expect that, oh, I will come to that church. Ah, that church, eh, they help poor people. Ah, you better come. I will come to that church and they will just turn out cash. You know, you will be amazed at the amount of kind of requests we've got in this, <laughs> in this oh, strange request. Strange request. Strange requests. I buried my mom in, in 90, somebody said. I buried my mom in, in 1982. It's time to, to shift aside to the other side. She has been sleeping on one side for too long. We want to rebury. So, pastor, your brother is in need of a million naira. Are you not going to help? Help, help, pastor, help. <laughs> I mean, something is even wrong with that culture. I'm sorry. The person that is dead is dead. You, you are shifting their side. They are sleeping in the grave. Something is wrong with it. Of course, we would decline those kind of requests. They're like, oh, they don't even care for people. That's your business. You know, and to want to participate in the physical commonwealth by community... When you are not a part of a spiritual commonwealth, something is wrong with it. It's not scriptural. Which is why we root a lot of, practically all our requests through house fellowships. If you come, everything is, even if you want to get married, which house fellowship do you attend? That's the first question. You want to name your baby, which house fellowship do you attend? You want to dedicate your baby, which house fellowship do you attend? Why? Because we want to know that you are spiritually connected. And from a financial standpoint, it it is both from the receiving end, that is those benefiting from the commonwealth, and from the contributing end. Usually look only from the receiving end. Acts 2, 32. All the believers were united in one heart and mind, 34. Then there was no needy people among them. 32, 34, the one that that is together. Scripture after the first John 3, 17. Okay, so, no need to, so from the, that's it, from the contributor's standpoint. Sorry, from the receiver's standpoint. But interestingly, it's the same for the, from the contributor's standpoint. You know, because if you look at Acts 4, 32, that we read, all the believers were united in one heart and mind, and they felt. So the, the unity and, 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 and fellowship happened before they began to feel that what they owned was not their own. So they shared it freely. So we're saying, and in God's favorite house, by the grace of God, everybody will be connected to Commonwealth by covenant in Jesus' name. But there may be new people that are yet to get the concept or, you know, stuff happen. We, we will, by the grace of God, make Commonwealth by community available to everyone. You know, we are, we are doing things that, you know, time will not permit us to begin to talk about. 
even right now. But contributing to those things, you have to be a part of us to contribute to those things. So we are not saying that we want money from people that don't even understand what we are doing. Like I said on Sunday, Pastor, are you saying that if I'm in church and I just want to give, I, I, don't, I don't believe in the vision, I'm not connected by heart, you know, you're saying you won't take my check. I'm saying yes, we don't want your check. That's what, that's what I'm saying. And a, a classical example is a classic example. Classical example. Classic? <laughs> classical example. Is uh, Acts chapter 5. Ananias and Sapphira. You know, Ananias and Sapphira, they were not with the same mind and heart with the church. They were in the church, but they were not with the same heart and mind. Now, people in church, they are not in the same heart and mind. I say, hey, that's thing. Because they want to be popular too. We too, ah, we too, we contributed. This person, ah, we too, we did this. Ah, that person, ah, we too. They got into serious trouble with the Holy Spirit. Serious trouble. That even led to their death. Praise the name of the Lord. God bless you all in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's bow our hearts and bow our heads. And let us just say, Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. And I want to pray with you if you are here, you are saying, Pastor, how can I even know this God? You are not saved, you are not born again. Jesus is not the Lord of your life. You used to be born again, you backslidden. I say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. That is me. Put up your hand now over your head. Shoot it up and I'll pray with you. I want to give my life to Jesus. Oh, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Put up that hand and we'll pray together. Let's talk to God. I mean, everybody else about what we have heard. Let's. For some of us, the whole teaching is in the tight matter that you are wrestling with God. Just wrestle and say to God, I surrender to you, Lord. I surrender to you, Lord. I surrender to you. Father, give us the grace to walk with you in faith, with confidence that you are not man that you should lie. Neither are you the son of man that you should repent. The confidence that the fathers used to walk with you. Give unto us. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.